you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We're going to take some of your calls in the last segment. Um, today, I want to make some observations. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, uh, the United States Supreme Court will begin to hear um, the Dobbs case. And uh, Will the Great uh, pointed this out, and we were talking about it, and, yeah. and we thought, you know, as, as we do, this would be a great conversation for us to have um, in your presence and for all of us to be able to join in and, and we'll get your commentary on it as well. But, I, you know, as, as we do, as is our custom on airing the Addisons, when we look at what's happening in our country, we look at the current events that are taking place, those things that are making the news headlines, we're always um, striving or pressing ourselves to think deeply and more spiritually about these issues as they present themselves, like not to just look at the issue itself, not to just cover it as a headline, but to ask a deeper question. What is it that the Lord is showing us about um, either himself or the condition of man mm. or where we are on the timeline, guys? I mean, mm. like if you just, you know, pick a headline, any headline, and it may fall into one of those three categories. There may be more categories. Uh, honestly, there there could be and probably are more categories that we could use to sort of... Um, position us or calibrate where we are and what we're navigating in culture. But certainly I think that as you look at uh, what is happening, what is happening, it makes you ask the question, what is it that God is revealing to us about himself, about his sovereignty, about the condition of man and the right judgment uh, that we are under because of sin and rebellion against God and that only Jesus Christ is sufficient to remove that from us, like to, to set us free from, from what we deserve. Yeah. Uh, only Jesus Christ is sufficient and then also looking at things happening in the culture, uh, in the world at large, but certainly in the culture in which we live, um, those things point to the return, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there, it, it's like you could almost, you could almost recite as you see some of these things happening and you see it increasing in frequency. And, and we were having a conversation uh, with a, a brother in the Lord um, at our fellowship on Sunday that um Truly, the labor pains are increasing and they're mm. coming closer and closer together and they are increasing in intensity. And man, when you when you think of the description that the return of the Lord will be like labor pains. Yeah. Um, you know, you used to be able to kind of catch your breath when you look at what happens or what would happen and pop off in culture. You used to right. be able to say. Man, and and even you would see it in the news outlets as they would cover stories. They would just drain everything out of that one story. Yeah. It was a story constantly on loop. And, and why was it? Because it was like that was the only thing they had. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> they had to kind of get as much out of that as they possibly could. And now, not so much. Now it is, did you hear about this? And then the next day, did you hear about this? But 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 not even just the next day. It's like later that day. You know, it's it's like the right. news stories are sort of like, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yes, Everything so, is meanwhile. So much that we have knowledge of and that we're able to see 
you know, it's amazing. I was thinking about the discussion that we had this morning um, uh, as we were looking at the book of Galatians about people who are um, not with God, who are lost, you know, and how they don't even understand the war that's going on or that, you know, the enemy uh, hates them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but as, as a believer, when we are awakened to the fact that, man, this is, uh, this, these are real things that are happening and that, you know, there is a war, there is an enemy, mm-hmm. you know, we don't just walk around like clueless. We understand right. what's at stake, you know, and, and I, I was uh, talking about how that's why the gospel is so important. Amen. That we share the good news with people because, you know, we don't know, they may be awakened, we hope yeah. that they will be awakened, you know, that yeah. they would be ones that would uh, not be the, the, the walking dead. That's anymore, right. That's you know? right. Um, the Bible said and we were cross referencing as we were talking with the kids this morning, um, as it often happens, as we're discussing a particular passage of scripture, there will be questions that our children have. And it leads and it leads to an opportunity to do one of my favorite things in scripture, which is cross reference. And you, we were talking about how. Um, you know, we are in sort of the crossfire, Satan's war against God. Um, this is this is a war against God. And we who are made in the image of God, we so often are in that crossfire. We don't realize it. And yeah. why is it that we don't realize it? Well, then the Apostle Paul writes also to the Ephesians that we were objects of wrath, that we were mm. following the course of this world. Yeah. And so our kids have one of those, um, they have one of those interlocking tracks that you just kind of click them together. And then you have this little battery powered car that just goes, you can, you can shape the tracks however you want. Some of them light up. You've seen this before. Um, it's one of those as seen on TV type deals, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and so we use that as an illustration to point out to them that when you put those cars on that track, they are following the course of that track mm-hmm. and they're not going anywhere unless something outside of the track takes them off or the battery dies. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So we talked about the importance of the gospel and, and how does this all tie into what we're going to discuss today? As you see labor pains increasing. Mm-hmm. I also saw a video guys. Like I also saw a video, a news story of a woman. Um, I want to say maybe uh, three or four weeks ago. I can't remember now. I've lost track of time, but this woman was on her way to the hospital to give birth to her baby. And the baby came suddenly like they still they still had a few more weeks, you know, um, left at least on on their schedule. Baby said no. Or (laughs) the Lord said no. And and this was fascinating. This woman and and the reason it was so fascinating and the reason it made headlines, because there are many, you know, births that happen where people don't expect it. They happen suddenly. Um, But this was so fascinating because it was caught on the family's uh, being camera or ring camera, whatever it is, the ring camera, I think the outside camera of their home Mm -hmm. where she was trying to get in the car. They're trying to make their way to the hospital and she cannot make it. She goes, Oh no, mm -mm, it's too late. It's too late. And she gives birth to their son on her front lawn. Wow. And the (laughs) thing that really grabbed me about the news interview is that she was being interviewed by this local news outlet as they're holding the baby. Just beautiful it's amazing to see and and they you know very tastefully showed some of the footage you know they were very careful it was a news program but one of the things she said was that her husband was trying to help her get in the car and she was at the point where she goes i i there's no way nope Mm. i gotta stop right here that's it that's it 
And you think about the Lord even telling us that his return, that, that it would be like labor pains. Mm-hmm. And, and you think about what that means, right? That you think about the suddenness of that, you think of the intensity of that, but you think of the frequency of the labor pains that indicate, Mm-mm, it's, it's, <laughs> that's it, that's it. There's nothing else you can do. I don't care what, what person says to you, wait, hold on a second. There, there is the point where that's it and we're here. Yeah. And so you think about that illustration as we talk about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and you look at what's happening in our country, you look at what's happening in the world, and these things are increasing. They're increasing in frequency. They're increasing in intensity. We're seeing the wickedness of man. We're seeing the lawlessness of man. We're seeing hatred increase. We're seeing rebellion against God increase. And Will the Great, you often say this, that that man is operating with a high hand against God. Like, mm. you know, man thinks so much of himself. He has There's no fear of God in man's eyes. Mm. And, and even among Christians, many have have gone like have grown really cold like you know there are people who find more joy in talking about anything anything but the things of god Mm. like you just just fill in the blank it doesn't even matter there's more fulfillment in anything but the things of god and so you you wonder there, there are people who once were i mean you know just love the lord so much But because of what is happening in the world, the love of many has grown cold. And the Bible tells us about this. The Bible tells us that there there is going to be a great falling away. Um, Many people are looking for a revival. They're looking for, you know, something that's going to happen. And and I'm going to tell you, I think that this is because many people would hearken back to if they've read about it or Mm -hmm. if they've heard about it. Many people might hearken back to first and second great awakenings in this country where um, the churches were empty and homes were in disarray. And and then all of a sudden there was like a marked difference, right? So you had this great awakening where men and women returned to the Lord. And so then the church houses were filled again, but they were able to measure that great awakening because prior to that, the church houses were empty. <laughs> Here is the problem I think we're experiencing right now in 21st century America. We are seeing the great falling away, but it's difficult to measure because these people are not leaving the church houses. Mm-hmm. They are dead right in the pews. Mm. So, so you've got all these churches filled with people that are not saved. Guys, and, and this is very sobering. You've got all these churches that are filled with people who the Lord even says that, look, <laughs> the wheat and the tares, they're going to grow up together. I'm going to separate them. I'm going to separate. He's going to handle all of that. That's right. But this is what is happening in this country. And we keep waiting. We keep hoping that, you know, maybe we're going to see something different. It's difficult for us to recognize the great falling away because it's happening in real time, by the way. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. is happening. When people start carving out spaces for sin and they start normalizing sin in our midst, when you've got Christians who support the taking of innocent life, you've got Christians, so-called, who support marriage as it has never been defined by God, who has alone the right to define it. He alone has the right to define it. When you've got Christians who are supporting this, they are looking away. You've got Christians so-called who are saying, I believe a person is born this way, or I believe that there is fluidity and gender and all of these things. By the way, the world is going to do this. Our brother Abraham says the world is going to world. That's right. But it should be shocking to us when we see these things normalized among professing Christians. And yet here we are and we do see it. Right. Right. We do see it. And so what does all of this tell us? This tells us that the Lord, once again, yet again, uh, is reliable, Mm. that (laughs) that we can trust him. We can trust his word because we see it actually playing out in front of us right now. It's happening in real time. And so the conversation that I want to have today is that tomorrow, as the Supreme Court will hear the uh, Dobbs case, um, I was thinking that it's possible. It's possible that more than Roe or Doe 
or Casey, the Dobbs case may tell us more about who we are as Americans than anything else. Mm. And I want to make the case for that. And in order to do that, I want to go back and I want to talk about the slight distinctions in those cases that are significant cases as we talk about the sanctity of life and how we value life in this country and how we have normalized the taking of innocent life. But even right now, let me tell you something. Please do not be deceived. Please, please don't be deceived for a second because the news headlines would have you believe that there are rabid feminists who are out there who are fighting, right, for abortion. They're fighting for the murder of babies. Please don't be deceived because it is not alone the rabid feminists who are doing this. It is also the self-professed Christians mm. who are saying, mm, I, don't, I don't know how we can live in a world where innocent life is protected, I, I don't I don't know if we can live. What, what would it be like if if if, you know, if if God were to give life and that life were to progress to its natural. And I, I don't know what it would be like to live in a culture or a society where I um, can't control mm, it. Yeah. There are Christians who are saying that this is not just the um, the conflict of the wicked. OK, like they're Christians because why we have gone into a culture. We were always supposed to be in the world and not of it, but we have gone into a culture and we have adopted its ways. We have made the ways of the culture in which, in which we exist. We've made that synonymous to God's ways. It must be right because this is what I love. This is how I've grown up. When the task of the follower of God was always to be distinct was always to be different. And dare I say, as the scripture says, peculiar, to be set apart. We were to always sanctify God as holy. And so we were supposed to live so differently, so counterculturally that we provoked the question, why do you do that? Yeah. Why, 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 to the early church, it would have been, why are you guys uh, rescuing these babies that have been exposed, meaning left to die? Why are you guys doing that? Unfortunately, today, we're not provoking the question. We're not asking. We're not being asked the question because we're not living differently. We're not giving people a reason to wonder at who God is or why his people live the way that they live. Because we have found ourselves absorbed and, and saturated with the same things that this world loves. And if those things were to be ripped from us, we wouldn't know how to continue on. And when I say those things, I'm, a, I'm including taking the innocent life of children. There are Christians who don't know what it would be like to live in America where you can't kill babies. Mm. Guys, wow. this is an indictment. This is an indictment. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. take a moment to stop and think about like for those of us who are Christians who have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and we have said um, we agree with you that we are sinful and that there is no way that we could um, 
we could earn a standing with you, that there must be one from outside of us who is like us, um, but then also succeeding in every way that we failed, mm. um, to die in our place, to die in our place, to be openly and publicly declared innocent. Um, so there's not any question, right? It's uh, openly and, and publicly declared innocent who would take our punishment upon himself. Mm. So I wonder mm. if those of us who believe that if we ever stop and stand in awe and wonder of the fact that one day we are going to meet the Lord, that we are going to live with him for eternity, that this life is but a breath, it's but a vapor. Um, I think too often what happens, and, and it makes Christians ineffective, uh, we're supposed to be quite effective in any culture that we dwell in. It makes us really ineffective when we have a limited view of what God has done for us, what God has secured for us, and the fact that we're going to live with him forevermore. Because what we find ourselves doing is trying to be very comfortable here. We make this place the last stop, that this yeah. is it. And that's why people... Um, you know, that's why people write books that tell you to live your best life now. <laughs> Let's all quit if this is it. Like if this is your best life, if if this is as good as it gets, mm -hmm. which, ugh, come on. That sounds like a book to me. Let's all quit if this is it. No. <laughs> no. Huh? I, I think I think that, that there'd be some, uh, some no, <laughs> probably some social scientists would say, are you advocating? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> what I, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying, guys, we have to keep looking ahead. We have to keep looking forward. What should echo in our minds is the sentiment of the Apostle Paul um, to the Thessalonians, you know, we mm. who are alive and remain, yeah. we who are alive and remain. What, what does that phrase tell us about this sense of urgency and this this eager um awaiting this hastening of the return of the lord jesus christ for the apostle paul to write we who are alive and remain i think um i think we wouldn't say this today but many of us uh we don't say that we don't say we who are alive and remain I think many of us today, not verbally, but in the way that we live, we're like those behind us who are going to be alive when he comes back. Mm. Like we we're kind of like, no, nah, my life is going <laughs> to run out. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to be the dead in Christ rising. We don't have that feeling of we who are alive and remain. And it causes us to live very lazy lives uh, mm. from a Christian perspective. So anyways, um, I, before I get into talking about um, Dobbs tomorrow, mm -hmm. uh, which will begin um, tomorrow, the hearing will begin tomorrow. Um, I want to remind us of something that I think is so important, right? Because everything that's written in the scriptures, written aforetime, is written for our learning um, through the, the the counsel of the scriptures, through the patience of the reading of the word of God, that we might have hope. And one of the things I think is so important is that Moses reminds the children of Israel as they're about to go into this land. <laughs> Man, you gotta you gotta admire the Bible just because it's real, right? Like, I mean, well, there's a number of reasons why you have to. I'm sorry, not just because it's real. <laughs> There I am being 10, not just, but <laughs> among the reasons that you admire the Bible, one of them must be because it's real and it's just like straightforward, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so here are the children of Israel. They are about to go into this land that God has promised to them. And Moses speaking to the people of God um, reminds them. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, he's not really concerned about their self-esteem. He reminds them that they're not good people. Hmm. So, so God is about to bring you into this land, Moses said, says to them. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Um, God is about to bring you into this land, but remember, it's not because you're good. 
it's because the nations that were here before, I'm driving them out because they were even more unrighteous than you. <laughs> You're still unrighteous, though. Like, just, just re- lest you go in thinking, like, right. you know, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, right. l- lest you go marching in, oh, when the saints, like, you know what I mean? Like, thinking that you're, you got yeah. it going on. Oh, yeah. Like, right? Like, Moses is just, like, simmer down now and just, <laughs> and just remember that you're not good. And so Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4. Um, oh, man, I'm just going to start at verse 1. All right, here we go. Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 9, verse 1. Context matters so much to her. <laughs> she just always has to have context. So as much as she can get, she tries to grab. Um, anyway, Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse one. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you. Cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know and whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Verse three. Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. If we were in a typical church setting Mm -hmm. and this were said, this is where the people would be like, all right now. Come on, pastor. Like, this is where they would start, like, come on, amen. And they'd start shouting him down before he got, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And But but then wait, this, more. but wait, <laughs> this is where Paul Washer would say, I don't know why you're clapping. <laughs> I'm talking to you, right? This is, this is the part. So you, you always want to like kind of simmer down because it's building. Because here is verse four. Do not say in your heart after the Lord, your God has thrust them out before you, quote, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Kill that. <laughs> Whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them wow. out before you, not because of your righteousness <laughs> or the uprightness of your heart. Are you going in to possess their land? Man. But because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord, your God is driving them out from before you that he may conf- and and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And because the Lord made a covenant and he swore by himself because there was no one greater to swear by, he is keeping the covenant that he made with himself. Mm. It's not because you're good, because mm. you're not good. Let's just clear that up. And at this point, you're probably like, uh, what does this have to do with Dobbs? Well, I, here's, here's, <laughs> the, here's, the, here's the case that I want to make. I think that as we look at how the Supreme Court will rule, and I think you expect the ruling in the summer of 2022, I think that as you await this and you listen to some of the arguments and and people have all kinds of speculations of how this case might be decided and what might be said um, of how we value life in America. Excuse me. I think that this will tell us who we really are. Hmm. And I want to make the case talking about the advancements that we've made in the 29 years since the Casey decision uh, in the 50 plus years um, that we look back on killing babies in this country. It, it, um, go ahead. It's amazing to me that the sheer fact of how long this battle has been like, you know, been fought and how many cases that have been brought up. And yet still, yes. you know, the stuff is legal in this country. Man, it shows you the spiritual nature of this, but it also shows you how like which, to your point that we're not good. We're not good. <laughs> it's not our righteous. We're not righteous. You know, like, man, for this uh, to be legal, just sometimes yes. you got to just. You know, strip it down and like just look yes. at it. What it is? Just raw. This is mm-hmm. legal. Like to kill to kill babies. Babies. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
and you would think about that, like, man, how can that be acceptable? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but it shows the spiritual nature. You know, it sh- and 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 I would say, and and I would say, how can we think that God looks away from this? Right. And I think the only way we can think that mm-hmm. God looks away from this is that we are completely and utterly arrogant. Mm-hmm. We think that we're good. And see, I think that this was the temptation of Israel as it's going, as they are going into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And God, of course, obviously knowing the condition of their heart reminds them, hey, listen, don't don't think that you're inheriting this land. You're going into this land because you're good. Right. All right. This is not because you're good. All right. These nations that I'm driving out are utterly wicked. Mm-hmm. They actually murdered their babies. Mm-hmm. Now think about that for a second. Okay, wow. they murder their babies. They offer their babies up as sacrifice. They engage in abhorrent sexual practices as worship. Like <laughs> they're utterly wicked. Okay, so I'm driving them out. You're going in, um, but but you're not super righteous, mm. right? But I made a covenant. And it's through this covenant, this commitment that I've made where I took a a group of people that were not a people. I took a person and made a group of people that were not a people. And through this people, I'm going to bring the Messiah. So I'm preserving. I'm preserving you. It's not because you're good. Don't get it twisted. In America, though, we don't often get these checks. And whenever we get these checks, we get very uncomfortable because we're like, no, we're good. We're good. And, And what I'm telling you is that we're not I'm telling you we're not. And I think that when you look ahead to the summer of 2022, what the decision is here is going to really show us that we're not because there are no excuses. There's there's nothing for us to really hide behind in the way of saying, well, you know what? If it is ever revealed, if it is ever learned, it, if it if it is ever discovered, these are the kinds of things that we've said um, in the wake of uh, Roe and, and Doe. Right. Like you you've if, if it is ever if, if, if they can ever prove conclusively that. And and then we have all the technological advances that allow us to do just that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ah, but you know what? So man isn't without excuse. We're still going to kill babies, though. We, I'm and see, sorry. That, that shows you right there, you know? Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, so what I'm saying is, I really believe that there is a spiritual moment that we're up on again, mm-hmm. where the Lord is um, sort of, it is, it is the extension of a question for us. Um, do you fear me? Mm. Do you fear me? Do you believe what I say about the sanctity of human life? And so we as a country actually now have an opportunity to respond again. We have an opportunity to respond again. In 1973, Roe versus Wade, we said that women, we said that women had a constitutional right to kill Well, no, we didn't say they had a constitutional right to kill babies. We said they have a constitutional right over their own bodies um, as it pertains to the quote unquote, my favorite potential life, Mm. potential life. We didn't say the person. We said the potential life, mm-hmm. right? So if we could ever establish where life begins, if we could, this would kind of turn this decision a little bit, right? And then on the same day in 1973, we had Doe versus Bolton, right? When And what does Doe say? Doe says, um, but then also we have to make sure that women need to have access to this, um, as we call it now, reproductive health, because there are a number of reasons why women want to murder babies. We didn't say that. We didn't say want to murder babies, <laughs> They said why they need to abort the potential life. There are many reasons. And those reasons include emotional reasons, physical reasons, psychological reasons, 
familial reasons. I just, or, you know, or just personal preference. I, I, I just don't want a baby. Hmm. And, and it's causing me stress to think that I'm going to have to carry one. I, I just don't want a baby. And we say that that is, that is a reason why abortion needs to be protected. But then in 1992, we also did something interesting with the Casey case where we said, you know, now we're not thinking in terms of the potential life or how the life develops. And, and we're not thinking about um, only the mother's psychological, whatever, well-being. Um, and I'm not trying to be dismissive, but where it's ridiculous, I'm absolutely being dismissive. Do you understand what I, I'm I, I believe that there are women who find themselves in a in real crises and there's real fear there. I, I believe there's real emotional distress. And I am so grateful to God for the crisis pregnancy centers all across this country yeah. that exist to care for both women and babies, women and babies. I'm so grateful for them. But our country, our country has made a spectacle when it comes to, quote unquote, women's health. It, 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 it no longer has any meaning because it, it, it just it, it's, it's not rooted in anything. It's not it's not rooted in anything that you can quantify or qualify. It's just it's just buzzwords that we throw around. And if you don't use those words, then you don't care about women. Mm -hmm. So then with Casey, though, we threw out this whole attempt to try to give a cutoff time. Um, 13 weeks. We don't know. 15 weeks. Ah, we don't know. And then we replaced that. We said, no, uh, viability. That's what we'll we'll speak in terms of viability that a woman should have unquestioned access to abortion at any point up to the time of viability. And people say, well, what is that? Oh, we don't know. Give us a week. I, I don't know. 21, 22, 20, 24. Okay. 24 weeks, 24 weeks. That's we'll say that is when a baby is uh, viable. And then on the other side of 24 weeks, if there is a quote unquote need to kill that baby, then, um, then the woman would could not face undue pressure. Like she couldn't be burdened mm -hmm. unnecessarily. You know, she should be able to have access to that. So really in this country, in this country, and which by the way, we've got almost 200 nations in the world. Okay. We've got almost 200 nations in the world and only seven of the two, nearly 200 nations in the world allow for elective abortion up to the time of birth. And we are one of the seven. Wow. <laughs> so, so that makes us like, you know, like Vietnam, like North Korea, uh, like China, you know. Um, but again, I will just remind you that we're good. I would just remind you that we're good. Man. Right. So we say that really if there's a if there's a compelling argument to be made for why the baby should be murdered, then you really can't stop the woman. So so what is Dobbs saying? What is Dobbs saying? Dobbs is saying that uh, we want to prevent we we don't want abortion in Mississippi after 15 weeks. Now, look, I understand the incremental gains that we're attempting to make, but something very interesting, you know, with this case. But the thing that I always wrestle with here, and, and, and by the way, because we take into consideration, I think it was in Alabama, that the youngest baby to survive born early was at 21 weeks, 21 weeks. OK, so now what we're saying is, hold on a second. We're talking about a person who is fully formed who has eyelashes and eyebrows, who makes facial expressions, who can open and close her mouth, who can open and close her little hand. And we're saying, hold on, we don't want to dismember that person. And, and we don't want to rip that person from the only safe space that God has provided for that person until that person is fully formed and ready to live outside the womb. So we're saying we don't want to, we don't want to do that. But in our country, what we're saying is, yes, we absolutely do want to do that. 
and and we actually know when life begins. We actually have the the technology that allows us to watch it grow. Hmm. Let's grab the break. Aaron the Addisons. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Meeking. And I'm Will, and that's a Thizzle with Greater City. Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap, and they help us navigate the show during this hour. We appreciate mm-hmm. them. I'll go ahead and open the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Um, just in case I haven't been able to um, put all of my thoughts into one container, um, in case people are following, they're like, I'm trying to understand what she's stringing together. What I'm saying is um, we have enough technology we have enough understanding that we know we we know in this country that life begins at conception. We know that like even even among um, those who, you know, don't fear God, mm-hmm. they know that. Yeah. Um, some of them are in the in vitro fertilization <laughs> industry, which is actually conceiving life and then placing it inside a person like <laughs> It's, it's like, <laughs> how do you say, well, we don't know where life begins, but, but you have a business that says you do. Right. Like you, you have an industry, you have an industry that says you actually do know when life begins. You, you actually know how it works. Yeah. And, and, and then you have, a, you have an industry where you <laughs> take life and put it inside a person to, to grow, to grow. And so now what we're doing, what the question that is the question that will begin tomorrow, the question that will begin tomorrow is, do we have little people? Do we have little people who be strong enough to fight for their life if they were born early? Do, do we have those little people? In other words, because that's what we're saying. We're saying, is it 21 weeks? Is it 15 weeks? Like, like we don't care about protecting life in this country. We're just mm. interested in kind of trying to find the loophole so that we can take it. And feel a little bit better about ourselves with regard to that. Like we we want to take life and then not have to to defend it so yeah. much. So we lied and said that there was a constitutional right to abortion. There isn't. Even among the heathens, they say there is no constitutional right to abortion. Boy, you wild. That's what they say. They don't say it like that, but they're a lot more professional than I am. But that's what they say. Even even like the constitutional attorneys, like the the secularists, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they they say, okay, listen, <laughs> there's really like no constitutional right to take life there there's not and even the supreme court recognized this so then it, it went more from from um a question of uh health and 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 uh, liberty so the casey decision actually moved the question of abortion from a question of liberty mm-hmm. right to a a a question of privacy is this a matter that other people should be privy to should should this be public common conversation isn't this the right of the mother between um her and her doctor isn't this something they should be deciding and it's like you you, you want to be like back in 1992 you want to be like 
hey, rumor has it in 2021, you guys won't care about patient and doctor privileges. In fact, rumor <laughs> has it that in 2021, you guys will have a mandate circulating around where you guys will just jab people in the arm as they're walking down the street. Rumor has it that some of these <laughs> medical facilities will wish that they had drones that dropped vaccines or shots onto people. <laughs> but we talk about privacy and, and we talk about, you know, the privilege that people have to talk yeah. to their doctors about private decisions right. and it's interesting because when we talk about the woman's body and and, and and it's such a basic argument it's such a basic argument that when we present this argument to our children the very first thing they say but it's not her body hmm. like a ch hmm. elementary my dear watson yeah elementary <laughs> it's it's very very basic rudimentary is what it is yeah. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. The topic of the conversation, here is what I am pondering, that more than any of the cases that we've talked about or that we know about, and there's some others, um, but the big ones would be Roe, Doe, and Casey. More than those cases, I think that Dobbs will show us who we are and so that we won't, we won't be shocked at what befalls us hmm. because we'll say, man, with all that we knew um, we were without excuse and we had an opportunity to do something different based on what um, 30 years ago or based on what 50 years ago, we said, this is what would change our decisions. If we ever discovered this, if we ever realized that, and boy, have we discovered and realized so much that we really have no excuse. There's no reason to keep killing people. Yeah, There's do, no reason to keep killing people. Do you think people will look at, if, if the decision is something of upholding uh, Roe, do you think people will look at m more at the uh, Supreme Court justices than they will say, this is us? They will say, that this is how these people have um, have gone in their opinion? Man, you know, that's a really great question because I think that's, that's among the possible um, positions that the court could take where this then, so if, if Roe versus Wade is struck down if, if it's overturned then that would return the question of protecting innocent life to the states and mm -hmm. it would be something that would be decided in state legislatures and and that would mean that it would be the people it yeah. would be the people you know it's i <laughs> i don't want to be grabbing here i don't mm -hmm. want to be grabbing here because it is an interesting position that we find ourselves in when we're discussing the legality excuse me of taking a life um, as having been decided by seven men, you know, like, I, I think it's, I, I yeah, I, I think you, I think you could argue with these people, um, that is, that is their ruling, if you yeah. will. Because the sentiment may be, if you bring it back to the states, then yeah. the people are going to be like, we don't want it. Like, yeah. In most of these states, you know, so. Is it too much? Is it, is it six degrees to Kevin Bacon? If I say, <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, is it too much for me to say, but you've got these appointed justices who are appointed by the presidents that people elect. Hmm? And so no, there's a connection there. Is it too much? It's I mean, all, I'm not trying to be like, you know, but, you six know. degrees. Can you make it back to Kevin Bacon? I'm not, I, I just, what I'm saying, basically, look, <laughs> change my mind here, guys. Call in, change my mind. I'm trying to say we're not good. And, and I'm trying to say that in this country, we are uncomfortable with defending and protecting life. Look, I was reading, oh, man, and I forget who it was. Um, oh, man, there was a conservative. What was I reading? I can't remember it, so I probably shouldn't bring it up. But basically, just in short, 
um, the sentiment was I would never so I would never support abortion. I believe that abortion is wrong, but I just can't see taking that right away from women to make that decision. Mm. How many times have you heard that? Right. Guys, that's yeah. wicked. It that's is. wicked. Yeah. Like, like do that with anything else. Do right. that with anything else. I would never murder a two year old. You know what I'm saying? I, I would never I would never support, um, you know, the murder of a two year old. But I just can't see taking that right from somebody who feels like they're you know, they're in danger. The two year olds coming at them with a bottle. You know what I mean? Like they should be able to defend and protect themselves. Like I, it's just it's ludicrous, guys. But this these are the types of um, wicked arguments that we make when we rebel against God and we have no fear of God. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Geneva in Arkansas. Hi, Geneva. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Well, I've got, a, I've got a statement and then I've got a question. Mm-hmm. The first statement is uh, it says that a woman has a right to her own body. No, she does not have a right to her own body if it means killing that baby. If you want to kill that baby, stay out of the playpen the way I look at it. Yeah. And when God says to be fruitful and multiply, he said he didn't say the woman's got a right to kill that baby, you know. Right. And then they say, well, it's nothing but a matter. Okay, uh, answer me one thing. When does that matter become a human being? Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, from the very beginning, right. Geneva, from the very beginning, you you don't we like because and that's our argument that we are not the potential of life. We are life. Like God has made us fearfully and wonderfully like we are the the difference between me sitting here now and, um, you know, the, the embryo is time. It's time. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not a different I'm not a different substance, like all of the components that make me who I am now. It's it's time, mm-hmm. you know, rapidly dividing cells. It's time. It's time. It's growth. And, and look, you know, and some of you out there listening, man, you know. Some some of you've had some huge babies, <laughs> ginormous babies. It's time. Yeah. It's time and the opportunity to grow as God intended for us to grow. Yeah. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Anthony in Mississippi. Hi, Anthony. How y'all doing today? You can't be cracking up. You can't baby. They know it. Come on, man. Ten pounds? I can't even understand. Anyway. <laughs> First of all, many of Americans need to go back and read Psalms 137. Mm. Children are a gift from the Lord. Secondly, if you don't want to be pregnant, like the young lady just said a few minutes ago, stay out of the playpen. Mm. You avoid that. This whole abortion deal grew out of women's live that I lived through. And that's what they were pushing for. And they were also pushing for the LGBT, which didn't really get going until Obama got in office. Mm-hmm. My word is this. God's going to punish America because we have allowed, whether it's men on the Supreme Court, be it women on the Supreme Court, to kill babies. Life begins at conception and it is God himself who gives life mm-hmm. to the child. You said mm-hmm. it yourself. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and not a woman on this planet has ever seen the Lord's hand in the process mm-hmm. of that development. So mm-hmm. they, 
they really need to think about what they're doing mm-hmm. because they will pay. And if this nation continue, the nation is going to pay because the Lord is going to exact from the nation mm-hmm. and cause this downfall if they keep shedding innocent blood as we have been doing. Mm-hmm. Listen, so Brother Anthony, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so Anthony. much for your observation. I Look, the Bible. we were talking about this yesterday, Psalm 127. The Bible makes it very clear. The Lord says that children are a blessing. Psalm 139, 14. Man, come on. Like we, look, the Lord has designed us fearfully and wonderfully. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like as we were being knit together in our mother's womb, the Lord saw our unformed substance. Like he saw us. So you think about that. You you go back and you, you try to understand what that means. Technology caught up. Technology caught up to where we were able to see the stages of growth of a baby in utero. And what does this, you know, any mom, what does this do? For many of us, I feel like it makes the time longer because you're like <laughs> checking pictures and, and th- every day. You're like, especially when with when you started having the apps and you could go and it's like today, this week, this is what your baby's <laughs> doing. This is what your baby. And but let me tell you something. I, I think to the point that Brother Anthony was making, there's something that I was uh, reminded of. Um, part of the judgment of God, part of the judgment of God on our country is that we have progressed from being a country that allowed abortion, legalized, using that loosely here, legalized abortion, but it was in secret and there was shame to now a country that celebrates it. A country that says they shout it out. They shout it out. Mm. Guys, we don't think of those things as judgment, but that is a handing over. That is a God. That is a a Romans one type of thing, a phenomenon, if you will, where God gives them over. Mm -hmm. So so they no longer can feel shame about what they're doing. By the way, shame is such a great gift that God gives us. Oh, man. (laughs) The ability to mourn over. um, (laughs) Over our sin. Mm hmm. It's an incredible gift that God gives us that we feel shame when we transgress his law, when we miss it, when we don't hit the mark. That's a gift that God gives us. If you're ever in a place where you don't feel shame over sin or you don't feel um, you don't feel convicted, you know, then you should be afraid. You should be afraid if you anyway. um, So part of the judgment of God is that he hands man man over to himself to do um, what he ought not to do, but then not to feel any shame about it. Mm. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Jim in Texas. Hi, Jim. Hello. Uh, just quick, real quick. Uh, we constitute death at heart stop. Someone could be in a coma for months, and we don't constitute their dead. We don't say time of death until heart stops. Life is at first heartbeat. Mm. I appreciate that. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I believe it's at conception. I believe it's at conception. Now, I, I don't know if you're Jim and I don't I don't want to I don't want to antagonize you may be you may be saying um, going back even further than 15 weeks. Um, but I think they they um, detect a heartbeat at six weeks, you know, so then you get into the 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 realm of an argument where you say, uh, when can you dispose of the life like the yeah. the person you understand what I'm saying? And and I, can I say respectfully and lovingly um, that this type of technology where we have a person who is able to be kept alive 
um, while everything else is shutting down, but the heart is still beating is not the determining factor of life. That's, that's, that's a medical advancement right. that we have. But I think where we have to go is we have to go back to the giver of life mm. that he knit us together. He is the one who brings about conception. It is his doing. Um, so we can't speak against what he has already said. Amen. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.